Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Appreciate the worship songs today to prepare our hearts, the songs that they've uh, led us in today to prepare our hearts for the communion table. Before we do, just a few words uh, from God's Word. You know, um, I can remember when I was younger looking at the calendar, uh, looking at the holidays in the calendar, and there would be this holiday, Boxing Day. I never quite, you know, in our culture, at least in, in the United States, we don't celebrate Boxing Day, but our calendars work for, of course, the United Kingdom and English-speaking the world. And uh, Boxing Day, I, you know, I thought... I really didn't know what it was. You know, I remember asking, what is Boxing Day? And I wonder sometimes if somebody came to our culture today from another location. Maybe, you know, we have our, say, our, one of our pastors in Bolivia that we support. You know, where you guys were, Gary and Trainer, And they came here to America and they started reading the newspaper. They were up here visiting and looking at the emails and so on. I wonder if they would wonder, what is Black Friday? You know, um, you know, we start celebrating it the first of November. It's like it's a holiday, and it sounds kind of ominous, you know. And um, uh, I don't know about you, but I get emails every day, and I opened my newspaper this morning. And there's pre-Black Friday days sales, and um, I know you can look on the internet and you can see the origin of it. There's a whole, there's a whole different views on where the word came from, why it's called that. But in our culture, at least in our life, my lifetime, what it's mainly come to mean is, um, as I understand it, you know, at least how it's understood culturally, is that it's supposedly the day that retail business goes into the positive for the year, in the black instead of the red, right? That's what I understood anyway. Am I the only one that got done? Okay. No, okay. Well, anyway, that's what I understood. Okay. And um, it's kind of interesting because if that's the case then um, it should be called Good Friday, right? It's a good, it's a good day, unless you're a bookkeeper. I mean, I, you know, if you're a bookkeeper, you understand those things. But it should be Good Friday because it would be a good day if you're in the retail business, like I know a lot of you are. Uh, it would be a good day. But they probably couldn't use, that name probably never is connected because there's another day of the calendar that's already known as Good Friday, Right? that uh, we're uh, so well familiar with. We've, we've actually sung quite a bit of songs about that today. The wonderful cross. The wonderful cross. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. But yet when we have our Good Friday service, many times we have celebrated here at church the Tenebrae service, which historically was a Black Friday service. <laughs> Because if you know the tenebrae service, we start with the candles lit and they go out one by one by one by one until finally the last candle goes out and the sanctuary is, is completely dark in quietness and we leave in quietness in memory of the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ when it says that for three hours there was darkness upon the face of the earth. It was that same darkness that was in Egypt, where, you know, it's an amazing thing. It says in Exodus that, you could, that the darkness could be felt. It was, so, it was so dark. And, of course, that's where we get Dark Friday, um, Black Friday, 
when we celebrate Good Friday. So it's sort of a reversal. Um, and I've been thinking about that as we prepare for communion today because for the last uh, weeks and until next week as we uh, prepare for Thanksgiving to celebrate together, that we've been talking about things that we are thankful for. And I know some of you, instantly in our bulletin and our email, there's a we're asking you to write some of your notes of thankfulness. We can put on the board out by the office. You can just give those to somebody. Give them to the pastors or one of our church secretaries. We'll leave them there. We'll be glad to put them up there. I asked you last week to think about people uh, you were thankful for. And um, uh, on Veterans Day, I went and visited my friend uh, Ken Jones, who was a veteran of World War II and uh, Army Air Force, 97 years old. And I'm thankful for Ken. And I told him that. And uh, who, are you, who are you thankful for? Who are you, who are you praying for this week? And today, our, our theme for our thankfulness can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul is uh, speaking to this church at Corinth. And a, a church he was very familiar with. He spent 18 months there. He spent a long time there ministering to them. He wrote the first epistle. Um, he may have visited again. He writes the second epistle. And uh, he writes to this church at Corinth. But I want you, we're going to look at chapter 9, but before we do, if you just slip over to chapter 8, the kind of the bookends of this, you'll notice he says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And he's going to talk about the grace God gave to them, the word charis or charis is the same word that we get uh, thanks. In the Greek, they use it for thanks. It could be used for joy. It could be used for grace, which is unmerited favor. It was a, it's a very uh, rich word. And he's going to talk about the gifts that they gave to the Jerusalem church. And that God's grace was evidenced in them in their grace of giving. And I just, I just want to just sort of a sidelight. Whenever we have communion service together, we take a, just a special love offering at the very end. And we'll just have the, our ushers will have the offering plates in the back there today. If you'd like to make a gift, it just goes to our helping fund. Uh, we have a helping fund at church that we can use just to help people that have special needs. It's kind of a beyond the, our regular giving. Uh, it's a chance for you to show your grace and giving. So if you'd like to make a donation to our helping fund, um, you can do that. And that all goes to just people that have needs that we, we reach out and help with. And he thanks him for that. Uh, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches, he says to them. Then he goes in chapter 9 and verse 14. He says this, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you, because of the suppress, suppressing grace, excuse me, surpassing grace God has given you. So he starts this and he ends this with this, this theme of God's unmerited favor, God's wonderful grace. We've sung about God's grace this morning. We've been singing about God's wonderful grace. Aren't you glad God's been gracious to you? Huh? Are, you are you glad God's been gracious to you and your family? I certainly am. I'm so thankful for God's grace. And then so he says in verse 15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Um, I grew up learning the King James as a kid. And the, uh, the King James there is, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. 
his unspeakable gift. It's a very interesting word. It's a very unusual word that the Apostle Paul uses here. You know, Paul uses, as he writes his letters, he uses lots of what we call superlatives. Super, okay? Superlatives. Trying to express beyond words what you can express. And in the context of their giving and their understanding of what it means to be gracious people and to give gifts, he just he exclaims to God, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable, his indescribable gift. What is that gift? On Good Friday, as we have sung this morning, we celebrate God's undescribable, his unspeakable gifts. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the what? Gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. God's grace to us is a gift. And the reason we call it, and I think it's appropriate, even though we have the Tenebrae service, we call it Good Friday, is because it is a time that we celebrate God's wonderful gift. It cost him dearly. Ted, in his prayer this morning, uh, thank God for the brutality of the cross. And, you know, for some people, they might think, that's really odd. Why would you talk about the brutality of the cross? Why would you talk about the fountain filled with blood? But, friends, it's because the Bible makes it very clear that Christ's death on the cross of Calvary was a gift. It was a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is something you give. If it's not a sacrifice, and the King David says, I will not sacrifice that which costs me nothing. It's, it's a gift. And God gave the most precious gift himself. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have eternal life. It's Good Friday. Even though it's a dark Friday on crucifixion weekend, because it was God's gift. And this morning as we come to celebrate communion, you know, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, in the first letter, he says, I was given this by the Lord to give to you. That when you gather and you share in the bread and the cup, and, you know, and I, I, really, I really think this is important that we do this. You know, our church is one um, that doesn't have a lot of liturgy. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, there are some traditions that are very good for us to share in because as we share in the in the bread and we share in the, we just have a cup of grape juice, it's just it's it's a little reminder to us. Paul says, when you do this, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. This is a celebration of the Lord's death. Easter is a celebration of his resurrection. The first day of the week is a celebration of the resurrection, but this is a celebration, a reminder of the brutality of the cross where God poured out his, his punishment on sin on Jesus Christ. My sin. Your sin. On the cross of Jesus Christ. And in those hours of darkness, nobody, nobody, could, nobody could see. Nobody could look at that as he bore that punishment for our sin. Oh, the wonderful cross. The wonderful cross of Calvary. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable. We, we can't, this word Paul uses there is to, is to, 
is to get across the idea that, that we would, it's, it's not that you're not allowed to speak it, but that you can't describe it. Words cannot describe. Our minds cannot begin to grasp what it costs God to provide my salvation and your salvation. It's unexpressible. It's unspeakable. So as we come to the table this morning, I want us to just contemplate and meditate on the price that was paid for our salvation. What a wonderful, wonderful gift God gave. This is a time of joy. It's a time of, of, of reflection and somberness, but a time of joy and celebration. We, we come to celebrate. As I was saying before, as we share in this, these elements, we, we reach our hands across the globe and across the millennium to brothers and sisters in Christ who have been doing this for over 2,000 years. And they've done it in all sorts of circumstances. Very impoverished, very dangerous, very wealthy, very peaceful. In all sorts of circumstances, we continue as a family of God to share in the bread and in the cup together. And as we do so, I'm reminded from Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 where Paul, where the apostle, whoever wrote it, maybe Paul, says, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross of Calvary. For the joy, the joy set before Christ, he endured that brutality of the cross of Calvary. And because of that, the Apostle Peter, in his, first, in his very first epistle, Peter says this, and uses the same word that the Apostle Paul uses here. It's only used three times in Scripture. But the Apostle, Apostle Peter says this. He says, Though you have not seen him, although Peter saw him, but he writes to these people and says, You have not seen him. You love him. You love, you love Christ Jesus today? Do you love God today? I know that seems hard to say because we realize how limited, but... Do we love God for what he's done for us? And he says, you have not seen him, yet you love him. And even though you do not see him, now you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Unspeakable joy. It's the same word. It's the same word that Paul says, thanks to God for his unspeakable gift. Peter says, because of that gift, we have been given unspeakable joy. So as we come and share the, the, the bread together, as we meditate on God's wonderful gift, the wonderful cross that provided our salvation, the unspeakable gift and the unspeakable joy that God has given to us, in our human condition, because of our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we have gathered today. Our elders are going to come at this time and staff, and we're going to share the bread with you first this morning. And as they bring the plates to you today, I'd like to ask you just to hold your bread. We'll take a minute and we'll eat it together. Our worship team is going to share a song with us for us to meditate on as we think about God's wonderful, unspeakable, inexpressible gift God himself Jesus Christ 
our Savior. Amen. It is saying for his kingdom and power are forever and ever. Let me read to you once again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And our Savior passed on to the apostle and said, tell the church of Corinth, and the church has been doing this ever since, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had broken that bread, he said, take, eat, remember, remember my body which was broken for you. Let's eat together and have a moment of quiet prayer and thankfulness to God for his unspeakable gift. Oh, Lord, we come to you today. As a humble, thankful, and grateful people, why you have chosen to love us, send your Son, provide us eternal life and forgiveness for sins, provide us hope eternal, to shed abroad the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, that we will never understand. But we receive it with thankfulness and humbleness. And we pray, Lord, that our lives together as a family of God, in our own family, as parents and grandparents, as friends and neighbors and co-workers, that our lives will evidence our true thankfulness for your unspeakable gift of salvation given. That Good Friday and culminated on that first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday. In Christ our Savior's name, on behalf of these dear saints and servants of yours, we pray. The cup will be distributed. I'd like to ask you just to hold it as we share in another song of contemplation and meditation and giving of thanks to God. I mentioned there was there were three usages in the New Testament of that word unspeakable, inexpressible. Before we share the cup together, I wanted to read the third one to you because I think it's so appropriate for our hope as Christians. The Apostle Paul, in speaking to the Corinthians toward the end of this second epistle, he speaks of a man who was caught up into heaven, the third heaven. He doesn't say it was him. I personally believe it was him. Can't be dogmatic about that. But if it wasn't him, whoever it was, shared this with him. And he says this, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. God knows. 
He was caught up to paradise. And there in paradise, it says, he heard unspeakable, inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. Given the background of that word, I don't, I don't think so much it was he was given revelation that he was not permitted to give to people. I think what it was is he heard things that were so amazing in heaven, in the third heaven. They were so amazing. They were so unbelievable that there are no human words to express them. They are inexpressible. As we come to the close of this service, I want to remind you, uh, some of you have lost loved ones. Uh, We're going to have a service next week. Uh, We are reminded that there is life beyond this life. There is eternal life. The Apostle Paul, in relating this, he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't say, I saw things. He just heard things that were so amazing, human words could not describe. Joy unspeakable. Thanks for the unspeakable gift. Because what God has in store for those who have received his gift of salvation is unspeakable. It is joyous. It is wonderful. It's going to be amazing. And the same God who created everything beautiful that you experience in this world here has created this beautiful eternity for us to share. Friends, as we drink this cup today, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the basis for our salvation, we give God thanks for his unspeakable gift for unspeakable joy and unspeakable hope for all eternity because he loves us so. Let's drink together and again hold your cup for a moment of quiet prayer. Father, once again, uh, this empty cup reminds me of the empty tomb. Uh, Good Friday, sacrifice of our Savior, was not the end of the story. It was the beginning. And Father, the resurrection that we celebrate every Sunday morning when we gather as a family of God is a reminder of the power of God, the love of God, and the hope that you have shed abroad in our hearts because of our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. We are a thankful people. And we leave this place today rejoicing in thanksgiving, in hope, with love in our hearts, and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's our prayer today, Father, as we leave this place. If there happen to be one here today who has never received your forgiveness for sins, that they would simply say yes to you, acknowledge their need for salvation, acknowledge your amazing, amazing love for them, and accept the gift of Christ's payment on the cross of Calvary for their sins. And may you open their hearts to the gospel this day. In Christ our Savior's name, all God's people can say together, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate with our closing song, and thank you so much for coming today. Season for giving thanks. We'll have one more message next Sunday.
on giving thanks to God for all circumstances. Write your season, your note of thanks. Leave it for us to put in the bulletin board out there to share with the rest of the congregation. Uh, I want to say today I'm just so thankful for the really the amazing privilege of being able to serve this congregation. I know I speak on behalf of the leaders and staff that were serving you today. It is truly a privilege and a pleasure. James, it's good to have James O'Brien, one of our own. He's youth pastor at Friday Harbor Presbyterian, correct? And he brought a group of young people here for the week uh, weekend for an event, and they're here with us today. And uh, thanks for being with us, James. Good to have you with us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we again uh, leave this place with the joy of the Lord in our hearts. And Father, yes, we have sung today about sin and shame. We've sung about a sacrifice for sin. Uh, Lord, we were reminded, uh, even this week with the news of the events in France, uh, we were reminded again of the, of the power of darkness and of sin. And we, we pray for those people so desperately affected by this and the lives lost. We pray for your comfort. We pray that somehow your, uh, your grace and love would be proclaimed through this. But it reminds us, Lord, that there is such a thing as sin. And it's because of that that there's such a thing as the amazing love and forgiveness that you've given to us and you offer to all who will receive your grace. For it is by grace that we have been saved. And because of that, we leave this place bathed in your love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness that we might be a witness this week of that. In Christ, our Savior's name, we have gathered today on this first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday. Amen.